Welcome to Torah Talk, the intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? Hello, I'm Kathy Martirosian. And I'm Gary Cristofero, and this is Torah Talk. Well, Gary, here we are. We did it. We did it. Well, we're doing it. This is our first <laughs> podcast. Um, and I'm excited about that. Um, we have with us today, we have uh, Charlotte, our sound engineer, and we're here in our home studio, and uh, we're ready to go with our new podcast, uh, Torah Talk. And um, so I'm, I was some telling some people about what we're doing, and um, a lot of people are like, why do you want to do this? What are you doing? Why do you want to do it? And um, so you and I have been talking about this for a little while. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot. We've known each other for a long time. We've been good friends for a long time. We've been involved in uh, lots of ministry work, the same ministry work for years. Um, Often we think alike. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so that makes it easier in some ways. But, um, you know, there's... um, there's um, there's something about what's going on today in the world that really has motivated me to want to do this. Well, I know you, and I and I know that you want to you want to speak out. You don't. It's hard to ignore what's going on around us, and if you want to take a stand, and words are powerful, and I'm, I'm, we're hoping that in this podcast that we're able to um, give an alternative opinion to the craziness to the chaos that we're, we're witnessing around us well we see that in, in in everything today and you know we're both believers uh we believe in the god of abraham isaac and jacob mm-hmm. we both share um a belief in uh jesus uh, we often call him yeshua as our um mm-hmm. as our savior um i think we both share a love of our country absolutely yeah, absolutely and so we see what's go- going on today and we want to be able to talk about it. I think the other thing that you know about me, and I think it's true of you too, is that we have a great love and interest in um, like the next generation mm-hmm. um, uh, of the, particularly of young believers, uh, what they're facing in the world today, mm-hmm. um, what they're up against. Um, uh, we've been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've seen a lot. Um, but we, we're seeing things, it seems like to me, that are new, and we've, we've got a lot of uh, young believers, uh, these millennials and so forth, and I think we both have a love yeah, for, it, for helping them out. We and, do, and I, I've always seen that in you, and, and it gives me hope seeing the, the excitement in their eyes, because every movement is one generation away from extinction. Yeah. And if there's a movement back toward God and a back toward Hebraic roots, uh, back to, as we're going to talk later about the Torah, mm-hmm. um, you know, it could start with a flame, but then fizzle out quickly if there's not another generation that would come and, and say, yes, this is the way, and keep it going. Exactly, and that's what I feel like um, I, I want to do. That's my motivation now, is like, is how do I pass it on to the next generation? Mm-hmm. And I see, I, I, I see a couple of reasons that, you know, why I want to do this podcast. You know, I've looked at um, some of the like the Pew Research Studies, and over the last 10 years or so, so they've, they've just shown that um, the young people 
are leaving the church. Mm. They're not in the church. They're not involved with the church. They're, they're literally not going as much. Mm. And in fact, they don't really identify themselves with the church mm -hmm. um, that much. Um, in fact, it was saying that only about half of millennials even describe themselves as Christians. Wow. And four in 10 describe themselves in this category of none. Like they have no faith. They don't identify with any particular faith. Oh, that's and sad. That's sad. Yeah. It's, it's sad when we talk about a time of all of this identity politics. Mm. We've got this whole group of people that aren't identifying with God in any way. Yeah. And that's yeah. a problem. It is a problem. And, you know, in, in my uh, past, of course, I, I used to um, pastor a church and, and I've been involved in you know, Christian circles for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've seen what I would describe as uh, a lot of wasted time when it comes to um, trying to train up the youth. I mean, drinking Kool-Aid through a tube sock is not necessarily <laughs> going to, you know, to, to teach a child or a young person what's important about life. And th these are youth group activities that have been a waste. And I hope that as we get into some of the instruction and the, the Torah talk, that we see that there, there is something uh, more meaningful than that type of activity for well, a young exactly. person. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, okay, so we all, what was it, 10 years ago, there's the book, The Purpose Driven Life. Okay, people need search, look for a purpose, mm -hmm. okay? And um, so the young people are no different. They want a purpose. Um, all of us do. Um, but I think the key is not is what is our purpose, the key is, what is God's purpose in the world? Exactly. Yeah, and what's that, he doing in the world? Mm -hmm. And then how do I fit and, into And align that? yourself with that purpose. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's like that, that stream is going by and, and <laughs> jump in. Exactly. You know, just get, get, get aligned with his purpose and allow him to take you. And he gives the desires of your heart then. I mean, you know, we've, again, misinterpreted that passage in the prosperity gospel as meaning, you know, God will give you anything that you want. No, he will give you those desires that align with his purpose for your life. If exactly. you if you are open to that, if you're searching for that, he is faithful to make that happen. Right. He'll, he'll put those desires in your heart and you just follow. So in a way, it's like your desires... His desires become your desires. Exactly. 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 Rather than, I heard something on the radio the other day, is if, if God is your co-pilot, you need to swap seats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've done a lot of work in my, my ministry um, over the last 20 years, and we've, um, you know, you know my ministry work. It's, it's been trying to teach the church about the Hebraic roots of their faith, mm -hmm. that they're that their Messiah is um, uh, is Jewish, and um, and that that understanding, that Hebraic understanding of their faith, brings so much more depth and meaning to um, uh, to their faith in general and to their life. Mm -hmm. I I see in that time I've worked with different churches. I've I've been in there and I see them trying so hard to be relevant. Mm -hmm. And, um, in fact, I remember being in a church, and there's a magazine called that, Relevant. Yeah, yeah. And so they had that laying around everywhere, and I was like, okay, Relevant. And so the church, I guess, recognizes, I don't know, I, I, I got bothered when I saw that. I was like, okay, does it recognize it's not Relevant? And so it's trying to be Relevant, but I keep thinking it's, 
it's not as a church we're not doing it necessarily in the right way are we being relevant because by trying to mimic the culture well see there's i think that's the the problem yeah. i think you i think you, that's the, the real question here is because and and the reason why i think we became friends is exactly what you said going back to our hebraic root is really part of this answer here but the, if the church is is searching for relevance by mimicking the world it's 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 a huge mistake, and I, I see that as a um, uh, the sliding scale of morality that the world is following is the same often in the church that there is a universal code of conduct that God gave us, and it's it's found in the Torah, and we we seem to the, the church often seems to follow along maybe just a step or two behind. That 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 drift from that that universal code, uh, as the world seeks its own uh, morality, its own measure of what's right and wrong. You know, word says man man believes everybody believes that they're right in their own mind, That's right. and that is the road toward anarchy. Because at some point you leave the standard completely, and everybody's doing their own thing. And that is if the church follows that path. It's a path of destruction. Well, that's interesting you use that word because that's an issue that we're dealing with in the country today. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I like that, that there's the anarchy even within the church. Well, it's a dangerous path that it could be on if that's the road exactly. they choose to follow. Yeah, and I, you know, this idea of, of trying to be relevant, um, you know, I see that as they, they, like I said, mimic the culture, they uh, mimic the music. And I'm not one to say that one music is right and one music is wrong or anything like that. I'm not going to go there. I remember talking to a, a music minister once, and he said, yeah, music and music choices are um, literally dangerous. He said, <laughs> I remember him telling him somebody threatened his life over music oh, choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've, like, I've seen that battle. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> as a pastor, maybe. Yes, I, I have seen that with my ministers of music. Have told exactly. Me those stories. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not talking about that per se, but... Um, even if the sometimes it feels when I go to the church to to a church, it's a it's an effort at trying to get a um, a real emotional response. Mm -hmm. um, you know how how do I feel? Change the way I feel? Something like that. And um, so the music, the lights, the everything kind of creates that. In fact, it's almost like a formula that's followed. It is. There really you know, is. There's a, there is a formula. Yeah. <laughs> you probably know that as a pastor. Start with this real upbeat music. Mm -hmm. Eventually it all slows down right. and everybody sings the same few words over multiple times and then maybe you sing it without music. Yeah. And then <laughs> you got it. You got it down. I, I, and this I'm sure in. everybody listening, if they've been in church, have heard that, have been in that situation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, uh, so there's there's that effort, but I feel like that's missing. I know it's missing because it's missing so many people. Because I I work with young people and I mentor young people, and so often um, I've had them come to me with that that saying, they're sitting there. And they're not getting anything out of it. They, they feel like they're missing something. Um, they're missing it. The church is missing it. Something's not, not connecting. Right. And we've had that experience before, each one of us. Oh, sure. You know, um, I remember oh, over 20 years ago sitting in a church pew saying, I 
I'm bored. And mm-hmm. I felt really guilty about mm-hmm. that. I was like, I've been there, done this. I've heard the message about Christ crucified many, many times. That's a wonderful message. But I've got it. I've been there, done that. I've got it. Where do I go from here? I mean, even Paul says, uh, he talks about the elementary teachings of Christ crucified. Mm. So if that's an elementary teaching, then why are we teaching that at the churches in elementary and then first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and even at college church, basically? It's the same elementary teaching. Um, I remember sitting there feeling famished i i was like i'm starving to death spiritually yeah i'm starving to death and and i'd been sitting there on the pew for a long time i'd been faithfully going but 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 starving to death and it wasn't until i was introduced to um a more a hebraic understanding going back to god's torah back to god's teachings that i i started i i it was almost like i'm like you're starving, but I'm also like, I, I, it's like I took a deep breath, like, <gasps> my first breath. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I'd been born again back when I was a teenager or whatever that experience was for me, but this was something new and different. And I think that's what a lot of these young people are looking for, what there has to be something else. I, they probably are, because there has to be that aha moment where they realize that they're part of something bigger. I, I think... Um, uh, my story is similar. I mean, I, I was raised a Catholic. I had a, a born Me again. too. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. was Catholic. Okay. <laughs> and then um, had, you know, I was regenerated from above or mm-hmm. born again, however you want to under, understand that process. Um, and then for 10 years, uh, thought that, you know, this was it. I mean, I'm, I, I was trying to, I was really trying to find the meat and the meaning in all of it. I was excited at, you know, at that first moment of conversion, but then... Um, I was being, I felt like a, something, something was missing. Right. I, I was very similar to you. Something mm-hmm. was missing. That moment for me, after having been born again for 10 years, was when my, actually it was my brother-in-law sat me down because he knew, he knew what, what was necessary. He <laughs> said, read Romans 11 again. And of course I had read through the book of Romans before, mm-hmm. but I read Romans 11 as if it was the first time, and it, and it was that aha moment, I mean, that bam, mm-hmm. that, that, that moment that God reveals something to you, and I'm sure, again, our audience probably has had those moments when something, it's a watershed moment, it, your life is never going to be the same kind of moment, right. and I read, I read Romans 11 about the grafting in, and realized that we were a part of something that I hadn't seen before. And then, then seeing the word Israel or, or the, the you know children of Israel or the you know all all of that started making sense to me, as I read the scripture, and then I realized I had to go, and you know that and a year later to Israel, I, to Israel. <laughs> okay. yes, I, mean, I had to go. Believe no, I, <laughs> but by that next by the next year I was in Israel for my first time and thought it was going to be my only trip. Thank God um, I've been able to go back as many times as I have. But it changed my life for the better, realizing that, um, that you know, God had a, a, a beautiful plan um, that we could be a part of and that he, he was doing all the things that he said he would do right before our eyes. He didn't have to spiritualize it any longer. It was real, it was tangible, and it was, it was, it was exciting. 
And so that's what started my journey. And of course, there's you know many years since many then. Many years since then. But I, I remember, um, I you know my background in ministry is in the dance ministry mm-hmm. at a Baptist church. Most people, yes, Baptists do dance. And um, uh, I had an opportunity to go to D.C. And it was for a Zionist conference. And really, literally, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what a Zionist was or why I would care. But I knew I wanted to dance. And I wanted to go with three of my girlfriends who were dancers and go to D.C. This was great. We had young children. Our husbands were going to watch the children. It was great. We were going to go to D.C. and dance. And we get to this conference, and there's some really big-name speakers. I didn't know any of them at the time. And we had our new white dresses with yards and yards of fabric. And we had all these big-name speakers, and we did this dance. And the funny thing was, <laughs> the next day on the, 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 in the front page of the Washington Times, they, they, they had an article about that conference and whose picture was on there. The dancers, because, <laughs> of course, <laughs> because everything else was a talking head. So, right. uh, so anyway, but but I was there and I'm sitting there waiting to dance and I'm listening to the speakers and I had an experience um, and listening to it was called the David Project. I remember it and it's like David and Goliath, Israel with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. and I had an experience sitting right there in that chair and it was like God was telling me. Everything in your life is going to change right now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how or where or why, but I knew it was tied with Israel. I didn't know anything about Israel at all, anything at all. And so, um, but I knew that my whole life was going to change in a direction that involved Israel. And, um, and when that happened, it happened unexpectedly and then it God moved very very quickly and so that was in the early 2000s so I was part of that that group you know late uh, 1990s I think the group kind of where where you were too just kind of God speaking to us in such a powerful way uh, from all over the world Mm -hmm. and um, so I I went back home and started devouring everything, including the Bible, which I thought maybe I knew, but I really didn't. Right. What was God saying about Israel, about his word? Who is this Jewish Jewish Jesus, so to speak? What what did that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, as mm-hmm. I had grown up Catholic and then I was Baptist. I, that didn't mean anything to me at first. But when it when but but God just it, it it was an opening an opening my eyes and then I went felt like I went from zero to 180 in like a week sure. yeah. <laughs> and 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 everything was going to change and it did and in a really exciting way and I, I sense with some of the young people that I'm mentoring even today um, they have been looking for uh, the, the same kind of thing I didn't even know I was looking for it quite right, honestly right. I really didn't know um, and uh, as I've um, as I've been able to mentor and had the opportunity to do that, helping them to understand who they are in relationship to Israel and what God is doing, a lot of them have a similar kind of feel about that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's 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 so. It changes exciting. everything. Out it there. changes everything. It, because we we we're, we're not being taught. I think for the vast majority of Christian churches, this is not a subject that you will hear. Uh, from the pulpit, and you know, speaking as a, a former pastor, 
and having many of my peers um, basically reject, you know, that the idea of, of uh, Israel today being relevant, if you want to use that term. Yes, there we go. <laughs> um, you know, uh, how many times I invited one to go to Israel with me and to see it for themselves, and they would say, I'll be in the New Jerusalem, brother. Uh-huh. And basically reject the idea that what's happening today is so important. And it, it shows you, though, that we're missing missing opportunity to be engaged with what God is doing today. We think we know, but without understanding what he's doing through the Jewish people and, and, and the nation of Israel, we really don't have a full understanding of what God is doing in our, in our generation. And I think that that's part, going back with the church and some of the responsibility there is there's been such an emphasis on... Um, read the Bible as if it were written specifically to you Mm. and for you and apply it in that way. And um, as I've come to understand this and and, and started studying God's Word, it really, it wasn't written to me, okay? It was written thousands of years ago to these ancient Israelite, ancient Hebrew people. So I have to now... Uh, we call it paradigm shift. My yes. paradigm, paradigm yes. shifting, mm-hmm. um, is I have to totally shift my paradigm now to try to look at this God's word as to what did it mean to those people right. first in context in history. It, I always use the example if um, if you're in college and you take a Shakespeare class, um, what's the first thing you do? You have to study Elizabethan. Uh, England, what was going on then, mm-hmm. you know, who, what were the power structures, what's the culture. You can read Shakespeare and get something out of it without knowing that whole culture, but once you know all of that, then things jump out to you. It could even just be idioms that were used then, that once you know, you understand it, you know, sure. and there's a lot of that in the Bible. Too. Absolutely. If you, you if know? you don't know what it meant to the original audience, then you don't know what it means. That's right. Yeah, you, you have to understand the context. Or otherwise, then it's, it is, it's left open to interpretation, and we have too much of that. Um, and, that's what, and even the, the Bible critics will say to, to you, um, oh, there's just so many interpretations. You know, that's just your opinion. So if you don't know the original context and you don't know what it meant to the original audience, you just open the door for not, not only criticism but mostly misunderstanding. And so it's so important. If, if we're going to... If we're going to really know the will of God and, and, and know how to uh, align our lives with His purposes in this generation, we have to understand the context of the Scripture. Right, and you said something interesting because you talk about all the different interpretations. I've heard that many times oh, yeah. from people. Oh, well, that's just your interpretation. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be just my interpretation if we weren't starting to look at it that way right. in, the, in the culture and context. Uh, and that takes a lot of work. Oh sure. You know, that that doesn't come. Um, it's not a, a just open it up and what feels good to me today. It actually takes a lot of work, and God wants us to do that work. He he um, he hides those treasures. Okay, we talk about in the parables, you know, of the pearl, and we look for that, um, and it's not available to just anybody walking down the street. Mm-hmm. You have to want it to look for it. It's that and seeking, it's yeah, that real seeking, seeking process that, that God wants yeah. uh, us to do. And I guess maybe like with me and with a lot of people, uh, it, it, it takes that 
feeling of being famished. Okay, I'm starving. Okay, so I have to look for food. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, man does not live on bread alone. Okay, but it's God's word. So you start seeking that because because you're feeling famished, you yeah. know, in a way. Um, the other thing that I think is important, we talked a little bit about the church and why what was happening in the church kind of motivated us for what we're doing. But also, just looking at the world right. and the culture and everything that's going on um, today also was a motivating factor, I think, for both I think, of I us. Think that's what, I think that's what put us over the edge. I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, I think, I think for many years we've been trying to teach it. Like, I know you were going into multiple churches mm -hmm. through your ministry, bringing Hebraic roots through the Feast mm -hmm. of the Lord and things of that nature. Um, I had my opportunities to, to teach in other churches for, for Feast of Tabernacles or other things, and then through my writing and, and other, mm -hmm. other ways. Um, but I think what we started seeing around us, the chaos that, and the anarchy and, and the, the, just something has changed in, in our country. Um, so, so I think we felt that, you know, it's, it's going beyond, going, going beyond the problem in the church. This, this now, maybe because the church hadn't completely done its job, we, we are looking at a world going crazy and and god is the order in the chaos That's i've right. always said that and we can we can bring order into our world by aligning our our lives with him by teaching it hopefully now because we're, we're doing this podcast and through our other teaching we're reaching other people right. uh, so it's not just of course we have to live it our lives have to reflect it or nobody wants to listen I mean, I think that's why you've been so effective with young people over the years. And I hope that I've had some influence on people because they look at our lives. And if you're not living it, then forget it. I mean, exactly. you're just a phony, another hypocrite. But, you know, these opportunities that we have now, with this one being, you know, now with the podcast, to reach out from beyond our, our homes or, or, or our community mm -hmm. and, and just share our experiences and also share um, the passion that we have for God's Word and how we, th we believe it can be applied in every situation. Now, we, we just talked a moment ago about you know, the Bible being taught as a personal tool for everyday living. Um, that in, in itself is not enough. You have to, as we said, find the context mm -hmm then come full circle and understand what it means as far as not compromising those positions that we have when it comes to the way the world is changing. Yes. I think that's, does that make sense? Yes, yes. You know, we, we want to know, we have to have, have, to have that foundation, that rock right. and the Torah, the instruction of God is unchanging and it is our, it our, our guide in all situations. So exactly. no matter what the world does, we know how to Exactly. Behave. And you use the word order. You know, um, uh, when you look at the verse that everybody knows, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay? For God so loved the Greek word there, cosmos, um, which means order. Mm -hmm. God loved his order so much that he gave his son to die to maintain that order. Order. That is so powerful. You know, that is so good. That's what, so what we've got in this world is a move away from his order, okay? Um, we go away from his order. You move away and you start making decisions and, and 
calling good evil and evil good, right. okay, then you end up with what we talk about, anarchy and chaos. But, but, but God gave his son because he loved the order, his order that he created. That's, that's, um, that's so important. So we, so we look and we see, okay, this world literally on fire, as we mm -hmm. see in, in America today. Um, and you're like, okay, what happened? We've moved so far from the order that he has. And as we, we know that the answer for you and I, and we know that the answer for God's people is this return to Torah. For over 25 years, Ezra International has been helping the poorest of the poor Jewish people escape poverty and persecution. In fact, almost 80,000 Jewish people have now returned to Israel with our help. The average cost to rescue one Jewish person is $360. Your gift of just $30 a month over one year can help return a Jewish person to Israel and restore their hope for a better future. Please go to EzraInternational.org and give your best gift today. Now, back to Torah Talk. I, I'm sorry, as you saw me flipping are through the Bible. The same we way? are, because I, I went there today. I'm so glad you brought it up. You mentioned um, you know, those calling evil good and good evil. And as I looked at the context of that prophecy of Isaiah or those words of Isaiah, I kept going. And in the end of verse 24 of Isaiah um, 5, it says, because they have rejected the Torah. Because they, it says law in the English, because they've rejected the, the Torah of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Now see how we just brought that right back to, you know, the Holy One of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His instruction is found in the Torah. Woe to those, and it goes through all these woes, one of them being what you mentioned, those who call evil good and good evil. And then he says the reason for it is because they've rejected the Torah. So you, yeah, you hit it right on, and and that's I. <laughs> I had to go. I, if you heard the, the pages flipping, I, I immediately had to grab the Bible. So well, so then the the question here for for might be some of our audience because we sit here and throw out the word Torah all the time. It's like, what is Torah? Right. What is Torah? Because yeah. you just said it gets interpreted as law. Right. Yeah, and that's that's why probably so many in our audience may never have heard the word Torah used in church, or if they have, they've heard it in a negative light. And uh, we 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 interpret everything in the Bible by you know in talking about God's instructions, His precepts, His His statutes. His statutes. We all we throw out the word law, and this is where we probably will get a little controversial with the standard church thinking with this idea that the law bad, you know, grace good, law bad. You know, that's the only way of thinking. But when we understand it as God's instruction, not his, not God standing in heaven with a baseball bat waiting to hit you over the head if you break the law, and this is where the, the argument always goes to, oh, you're trying to be legalistic, you're Judaizing, you're this, you're that. No, we're talking about listening to what Yeshua or Jesus said when he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So we're saying the Torah, as we define it, is God's commandments, his instruction for his children. And if you love him, it's a love response to behave according to 
the Torah or his instruction. Exactly. It's simple as that. It, it, it's so simple. It's just that oh, the obedience to a father, a child does that when, you know, loves his father, is obedient to the father. Um, it, and and I've, I've had the same reaction in churches um, with that very negative, you're bringing us back to the law, legalistic, all that kind of stuff. And I was mm -hmm. like, it's not legalistic. To, to follow God's instructions. Exactly. There's nothing, it's not legalistic to obey the speed limit either. You right. know, I mean, are you being legalistic because you obey the speed limit or, you know, other laws? That's not right. being legalistic. Well, well is, okay? it, is, it, is it legalistic to refrain from murder? Yeah, Absolutely not. But, but the same place we, you know, let's, let's just concentrate for a moment on the Decalogue, the Ten, yeah, Commandments. Ten Commandments. The same place that says refrain from, murder is bad, also says, keep the sabbath right. but someone who keeps the sabbath is called legalistic oh we're done away with the law but someone who refrains from murder is considered normal right the way you would hope exactly maybe not exactly. maybe not in today's maybe not society today, but... unfortunately <laughs> so again yeah that that is that this argument uh i think doesn't hold water yes. uh, so we going back to the word of god is the way we 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 regain that standard that order that he wants for the world and for his children and so I don't see it as legalistic whatsoever. It's not in conflict with grace. It's always been about grace because when God reached out to Abraham, not the other way around, Abraham didn't search out God. God reached Abraham, and that was a superior. The word in Hebrew uh, means for a superior to bend over to an inferior. God initiated the relationship with his children. He started this movement through Abraham and then Isaac and Jacob who became Israel, and that's who we've become grafted into. So I know this is a lot for a short period of time, that what I just said. So over the course of these podcasts, we could break these things down. Yes, of course. I'd love to do that. But but this is I just want to set us off on a good foundation that this is not about legalism. This is about the, a love response for God. Exactly. And it's a love response, but in that love response, that is our... That's our safe, safe path to right. okay. There's uh, the Bible talks about search for the ancient paths. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the path of safety. I I get kind of a vision. If you stay on this path, there's all these bad things on either side. You yeah. don't want to go up. We get caught in the weeds and the brambles and the thickets and all of that, and we've got to find our our way back. When we get off and we get in the weeds and the brambles and the thickets, um, that's painful. Yeah. For us. It, yeah. It's, it's painful and bad things happen to us. Sure. And anyone who's listened to this podcast who's known me more than 10 minutes knows that my favorite verse, everybody has nice flowy, flowery verses that they <laughs> like. Mine is, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. That's right. Okay, Hosea, the prophet Hosea said that. And I think that, and, and if you read that in context, it also talks about um, about the word. It says, because you have forgotten the Torah. There you go. Okay, there's the Once context again. again. Mm -hmm. You've forgotten the Torah, okay, the law, and in, in most Bibles, the Torah of God. Uh, it says, I, I will forget you as my children. That's the context for this fact that my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Right. And listen to what it said. It said, my people... We're not talking about pagans right. are destroyed by lack of knowledge of Torah. Mm -hmm. We're talking about my people, believers. That's good. 
That's yeah. good, Kathy, because you know the, one what's the uh, one passage that everybody's quoting right now because of the repentance. My it says, if my people will pray, mm -hmm. if my people will humble themselves, you, you know it. Yes. So if we're if if we're going to quote that and and take that as our own and say we're his people, then we need to apply what you just said as well. Right. My people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. If we're the, it's the same my people. It's the <laughs> same my people yeah. exactly. It's the it's the exact same my people, and I think that's where we have uh, gone astray as a nation and as a church. You know, even. Histor let's 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 move. We'll move a little bit off, but not too far off, because it doesn't. We talk about our nation in general, okay? And we talk about our nation as it was founded. Our nation was founded as a Judeo-Christian nation. Absolutely. And There's and no any attempt to say otherwise is not truthful. It's just not. So when the pilgrims, um, you know, first came over here, they were motivated by the stories of the Israelites, you know, leaving uh, leaving Egypt, okay? Mm -hmm. They were searching for this new promised land That's that right. they came, and they brought um, those beliefs with them and used that as, as their founding. Our, our founding fathers were um, believers in this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They often used the word providence, belief in providence. Mm -hmm. That was their, their concept of God, yeah. okay? Um, and they... They took a concept that was just like Hosea. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said something interesting. He goes, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. That's right. So you have to have an educated people. You have people. to have an educated people, just like God's people need to be educated in right. Torah. Uh, we as a nation have to be an educated people. We have to know our founding. Mm -hmm. We have to know this this country was founded on these principles, most of which came straight out of Torah. Absolutely. Okay, no straight doubt. out of Torah. We can look, you know, one for one and look at the justice system that we have in this country and see that it's, it's very similar and modeled after God's word. But if we become ignorant of that, if we don't teach that in our schools, then we end up exactly where we are today with a lot of young people. Um, you know, some of the surveys saying now that there's this large percentage of young people believe that socialism is a better idea than capitalism. Mm. Okay, so we've got this same, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge concept. Right. And Thomas Jefferson picked up on that. It's the same, yeah. same idea. Yeah, if you, it's, it's, it is the same idea because if we forget our foundation in the scripture, or if we, we forget our foundation as, in, as a nation has, as we were founded, you destroy uh, the knowledge of your history, the, the, the founding principles, and, and then you implant, and this, I, I believe there's an intentional process of implanting a new thought, a way of thinking into the minds uh, of each generation, and it, it, it's, I, I think it's direct correlation with what we see with the anarchy on our city streets. Because you you lose uh, there there's no standard. Yeah. I mean, who I, I I still I still have faith in this country that the majority believe in law and order and a standard of behavior, and I and I hope I'm right. But as you if if you continue down this path, that there's only one way where place it leads, and yeah. that's anarchy and destruction. And destruction. My it people will. are destroyed. Exactly. There you go. That's the only end, ending place is yeah. there. And I, I think that that 
actually now brings us, you, you, you see all that that's going on in our country, and I, like I said, I feel like our country has a very, very special place, okay? Um, obviously, I, I recognize the centrality of Israel, obviously, in God's word and God's plans, um, um, and that we always have to keep our eye on what is happening in Israel, because that's what's going on in the world, and that's what matters. But, you know, being a nation that was founded on God's words, uh, it, that's important too. So what's happened, we've been a nation that historically has blessed Israel. That's, that's right. one of the reasons we've been so blessed as a I nation. Think so. Absolutely, I think so too. Absolutely. I mean, if you just yeah. base that on, you know, the Genesis 12, 3 promise, I'll bless those who bless you, um, and I believe that, mm -hmm. then then of course. But when we turn from that, then then I think that even that hedge of protection that you get, you know, yeah. <laughs> that that the way the universe is set up, let's say it that way. I was like, God set up the universe in such a way that when you bless Israel, you'll be blessed as yeah. a person, as a nation, whatever. That's just just like he sets up the universe that if you step off of a high place, you fall. Yeah. That's it's, just it's, the way it's, it's set up. It's one of those natural laws, <laughs> it's right? It's a natural yeah. law. Absolutely, because... You know, and, and he, he chose it this way. Right. And I think that, that brings us back again to the purpose of this podcast is because how we were able to bring that all together. If you, if you understand God's purpose, if you understand what Israel and the Jewish people mean to him, how they've been used for the process of world redemption, and how he feels about them as the apple of his eye, um, it helps us to form our, our uh, platform politically. Um, the na what are, what should be important to our nation? It helps us make decisions as to what is right and wrong based on God's word. And so, if you see a platform that is anti-Israel, anti-Jew, anti-Semitic, or anti-Jew, um, you you should flee. You should exactly. run from it. And if you you stand on a platform that is supportive of Israel, so you know. Again, keeping personalities out of this, you don't have to don't have to narrow this down at right this moment to a candidate. Look to those principles and say, all right, are we doing this? Are we a nation who blesses Israel? And who is who are the best people who are speaking about blessing and supporting Israel and and keeping uh, law and order uh, within our own country and 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 upholding these principles that we hold so dear right. versus. Who are those who are, who are not? Right, and and, and, and you know, we, we, we all know as we're making this podcast, we have a, a, an election coming up here, and those, I, those, those things are important for us to think about. And I think that's the other reason I wanted to do this podcast is because a lot of Christians feel that if they, they feel like, okay, I'm a Christian, I've been, I'm saved, I'm going to go to heaven, now earth can go to hell. Mm. In a sense, you that's, know, that's <laughs> so, but that's not right. right. Okay, that's that's a very um, it's actually a very self centered way of thinking. Sure, it is. if you you think if you think about it, it's not a Hebraic way of thinking. Mm -hmm. The Hebraic Jewish way of thinking is what you're doing right here on Earth every single day at right. every single moment is what matters. It is what matters. Okay? Yeah, and 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 God will take care of the rest. The rest of that will be taken care of. So I think that. Uh, another thing that is important to me is to stress to all believers that our involvement in everyday life, culture, politics, government is so critical. And the founding fathers knew that too. And yes, we'll, I want to talk about that later, you know, in later podcasts and how important it was for them to have an educated 
uh, populace that then was engaged mm -hmm. in the in the politics of the day because the politics and the government is how do we want to be governed right. and, and that uh, that's a very important if 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 listen Jesus isn't on the ballot okay now someday he will be okay? <laughs> but right now there'll be no vote but but he's not so then you're like okay what do I do now even in my vote that, that makes a, a difference for God's kingdom in the future. Sure. How do I vote consistently with my mm -hmm. beliefs? And so I think it all ties together. I think it all does. And that's the problem is it's been separated. Yes. Yeah, I think, again, you know, we, we, we were kind of discussing yes. the reasons we, this, we want this podcast because um, I've seen it in the church. It, it goes back really to the, to the Johnson Amendment in the 60s. Mm -hmm where the church became afraid to engage in politics because they thought they would lose their tax exemption status, when, in fact, teaching the principles of righteousness and the principles of the Word of God and aligning your vote with candidates that, uh, that would uphold those principles is not a, a, a violation of the Johnson Amendment. Mm -hmm. And there's no such thing in the Constitution as separation of church and state. Right. That, is, again, is another lie. Right. You know, something that was written by Thomas Jefferson in, to, in a letter to the, the Danbury Baptist, Baptist Association, yes. right? We all know this. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, we've given up, too many have given up uh, or allowed others to make policy in this country. And then they wonder, they, they sit back and complain, well, how did we get here? when they haven't been engaged. We have to be engaged in what's going we on We have today. to be engaged, in, 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 and that's a very Hebraic way of thinking. Yes. And that's one thing that uh, I hope we'll do as we go along in these podcasts is, is to uh, uh, think in a more Hebraic way, which is a, a, a way that is engaged in life every at, at every step in, in every way. I, I'd, I'd like to kind of close with a... Um, an idea that I learned from a, a, a Torah scholar, um, someone that you and I both know uh, very well, Skip Moen, mm -hmm. and I, I, I remember him teaching me about um, the Great Commission, go make disciples, and okay, we've all heard that many, many times, okay, but he said when you look at that um, in its original Greek, which is context and what you need to know, it really, the verb is uh, not go, it's as you are going. Mm. That means as you are going about your everyday life, okay? You're at school, you're in a PTA meeting, you're wherever you are. As you are going, it doesn't say make disciples. It said, it, the word is like disciple, but it meant be a student of. Be a student of who? Mm. We're to be a student of Jesus, Yeshua, as we've known as his, his Hebrew name. Okay, we're a student of Jesus. Then we go back to the, well, what would Jesus do? Or I think you like, what did he do? What did he actually do? Okay, what did he do? And he followed Torah. Right. That's what he did. So the Great Commission is not run out to China and try to convert a bunch of people. It's as you are living your life, um, be a student of Yeshua, mm -hmm. which meant be a student of God's Torah. You know, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, what was he? He was perfectly sinless. What does that mean? That means that he followed Torah perfectly. That's, right. That's the definition, okay, of sin and sinless. So, yeah, this, this, this concept, even as believers, you know, go out, do this, do that. No, 
you live your life okay in this certain way and this way is the God way that God set out in the beginning in his word and so you have to figure out what is that and that does take some work you got to look and see yeah. you know it's not it's not uh, I love so there's the answer because the Bible defines what is love love is pull, uh, helping your neighbor pull his ox out of the ditch mm -hmm. okay you know if you just go with your own uh, definition of love yeah. You know, someone could say, I love my my neighbor. I think I'll sleep with, you know, yeah. the, the wife there, yeah. you know, yeah. okay? It's a, it's That's a nebula, nebulous term. It's a very nebulous term, kind of, but yeah. the Torah definitely um, describes, describes it. it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, in each, once again, it's all entangled. I like that word entangled. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, God's word, what's happening in with God's believers, what's happening in this country, be it for better or worse. Right. It's all entangled. Yeah. <laughs> but I think then that uh, the way out of that is getting back on that path. Yeah. And I'm glad I see a movement toward that path. Yes. You know, the, the, the first century believers, that movement was, we know it in the English as the, the way. way. You described the ancient path earlier mm -hmm. and talked about not getting off into the, side, the brambles and the thicket. That way has been defined and we need to get back on that way. Yes, yeah. and hopefully that's what we're going to help people do as we go about this podcast. God willing, that's right. what we'll do. Well, this has been fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs>